And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I got to tell you about today's episode, Sponsor Friends. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult, but Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And they have the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. All right, friends, today we have with us, I we're going to be talking, I imagine, a little bit about sportsing and golf, and, and this is going to be fun for me, but we're going to be talking about a lot of things with Carrie Michael, CEO of William Murray Golf. Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I'm really excited to hop into the conversation. Lauren, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and just get started. Uh, so, so first things first, friend. Yeah. Tell us about your journey. Oh, my journey. So, you know, growing up, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but was never quite sure what that looks like, right? You know, my dad um, was an entrepreneur, so I always looked up to him and and he very much inspired me along this journey. Uh, but, you know, after college, you know, it was like so many people and I really didn't know what the thing was. So, um, my first job out of college uh, was for a marketing research uh, consulting group. And there I got to work for some really big, cool brands. Um, and it helped give me a good perspective on the consumer and what it means to have targeted brand messaging. Um, and from there, you know, I was like, well, this is a really cool job, but I don't want to get pigeonholed in marketing research. Um, so I ended up going to get my MBA and the idea was to kind of broaden my skill set. Um, and I, and I did do a focus in entrepreneurship there, but really what it was, I was taking classes in finance and accounting and ops and kind of all the things. Um, and so after my MBA, I started working for a company out of Connecticut called waterworks and they do really high end plumbing. Um, and I really fell in love with the brand. Um, but there I had, it was kind of my real world boot camp, um, MBA boot camp. And yeah. there I was doing strategy, I was doing finance. Um, and I remember, you know, this was almost 15 years ago. Um, somebody there had asked me, Hey, Carrie, do you know anything about social media? Like, do you have a Facebook account? And I was like, Yeah, you know, I have Facebook. Um, and they were like, well, do you think you can run our Facebook for the company? Can you help us start that? Um, so I did, I helped start social media there. I helped start the e-commerce. Um, and I really started getting passionate about that digital world. Um, and so I was getting my hands in a lot of things. Um, and then I jumped again and I jumped over to Oakley on the other side in, in California, um, and was working in sales development, um, and operations. And so Honestly, it was one of those things where 
I was kind of worried at some point where I was like, gosh, my resume looks like I've been jumping all over the place. Um, But in reality, uh, it gave me an opportunity to see up close how all the parts of a business work together, you know, from the finance and marketing to ops. Um, And so I really think that it was a great background to kind of help prepare me for that entrepreneurial journey. Um, So when I started William Murray Golf, I was actually an employee at a company called The Chive. Are you familiar with The Chive? I've heard of The Chive. Isn't it a like a well, doesn't it have a newsletter? Yes, they have a newsletter. It's a but it's a humor blog and it has a huge following online. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I've at one point at least I subscribed to that newsletter <laughs> yeah. for like little little digest of, yeah. of funny. <laughs> yeah, there's it's some kind of like the kind of a takeoff of the onion. Yeah, it, it yes, it's very similar at the time for sure. Okay. So, so you were at the Chive. <laughs> I was at the Chive. I was head of ops for their um, e-commerce business, which was doing really well selling t-shirts, like funny t-shirts. Um, and they actually had um, Bill Murray's license for t-shirts. And so they had these t-shirts uh, with his face on them and they would decorate it for different holidays. And so- Wait a you know. minute, like the You're Awesome guy mm-hmm. from uh, what, uh, Caddyshack, right? Is yeah. that- is that what I'm thinking of? Like there was a meme that went around yes, for a while and it was, was just his face. Awesome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I can picture it exactly in my head. <laughs> yes. That's the, that was one of the shirts. And, um, and so they built this huge loyal following, um, with Bill Murray around some of these t-shirts. So, um, I was an employee there and I had seen this one t-shirt that they did with our now William Murray logo. And it's a, um, an image uh, of Bill tossing his golf club. And, you know, the idea is you don't know if it's a good shot or a bad shot. You know, he's just having a good time out there. And so they sold this one t-shirt for charity. And I think they sold 2000 units in 24 hours. Um, and it was like, wow, you know, this is, this is pretty cool. They're onto something. Um, and so I had been chatting with the founders and they were like, gosh, wouldn't it be so cool if we could do something with Bill and golf. And I was like, well, yeah, actually that would be incredible. Um, and I'd come from Oakley, loved the sport performance world. Um, honestly, at the time I was like, I don't know that I understand the funny t-shirt world, but I get, I get golf. (laughs) So, you know, I was, I say, I started really as an entrepreneur and I went to them and said, Hey, do you mind if I build out this, business plan and this concept and see what the white space is. Like, you know, let's see if there really is an opportunity here. Yeah. Um, and they kind of said, yeah, Carrie, run with it, go for it. Uh, and what I really saw that white space I saw was at the time, everybody in golf looked exactly the same. Oh my um, gosh. Yes. Kind of the <laughs> archetypal. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a guess here. Can I, can I, will you yeah, indulge me do. in a guess? Yes. So I'm picturing a an older white gentleman, uh, prop maybe with a beer in his hand, but with a caddy, like the golf tam and the very like the Izods and the very standard, like kind of preppy Uh 80s country club gear. Am I close? Very close. I mean, to a T, right? (laughs) Yeah. And if you go even further, I mean, it's the khaki pants, you know, and the blue stripe polo, um, you know, and 
every... Again, I'm just picturing it in my head. You're a, you're a wizard at, at, at putting images out the like. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And it was what I call the sea of blue stripe polos. And, you know, having come from that world, I was like, gosh, all of the players, all the big players are putting out the same polo. And I didn't understand it. I was like, why are they doing that? (laughs) You can't differentiate one brand from another. And so that's what my aha moment was. I was like, you know, do you think everyone really wants to look the same? I, I would imagine that, you know, at the time I was like, golf needed an injection and they needed some fun. Um, because in 2015, golf rounds were down, you know, no one knew how to appeal to the younger golfer. And I was like, well, that's cause it's, it's, you know, it's very stuffy right now. Yeah. And, um, so the idea was, well, who better to bring some personality into the golf apparel world than somebody like Bill Murray? Um, yeah. So that well, was he, he's like that. I like when you think it, so I, I immediately think of Caddyshack and like, but he's got that iconic yeah. attack or attraction or uh connection. There you go. Iconic attract or connection yeah. to, to golf. Yeah. And yet he has that, that kind of young sensibility. Like he's become the meme. He's kind of a pop culture touchstone. Really? Right. He has a hundred percent. And you know what, what was interesting to me at the time when I did the research, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Caddyshack. Everyone thinks of Bill Murray and Caddyshack, but is there something even deeper here? And what I discovered um, was Bill is actually, he's one of nine kids. Um, There were six boys in the family and all of them grew up caddying uh, in outside of Chicago. And so they all grew up golfing and loving golf. And I think it was 2015, they were all inducted in the Caddy Hall of Fame. And so I was like, oh, wow. So there's like an authentic story here. It's not just based on this one movie Bill did that everyone knows him for, but there was something real here. And I always tell people now too, you know, on any given day, one of those Murrays is out there playing golf. (laughs) Someone's on the course. Um, So it felt like a very authentic story as well. And that's really... Um, what inspired me. Wow. So, so you found, you you found somebody who could very easily become a face or emblematic of this historically very, like to your, like you said, stuffy thing, this very, so that's really, that's really cool. Um, So how did you, how did you approach Bill Murray to, to get him involved? (laughs) I I, I need to know. (laughs) So, you know, the, the first time we tried to approach him, you know, we went the lawyer route. And so I will say, you know, the tribe had a great relationship there on the t-shirt side of the business. And so we initially um, tried to reach him that way. And, you know, they were like, oh gosh, sorry. Um, There's no way Bill's going to say yes to something like this. So we did initially get a no. Okay. Um, And then, you know, the chive would sponsor uh, the Murray brothers golf tournament that's down in Florida every year. And so they were a big sponsor there. So I went down there with my pitch deck in hand and I was like, well, maybe we'll meet somebody down there. Maybe we'll meet a brother or maybe we'll get to, you know, have a connection, um, where we can really share our idea. And, you know, we got very lucky and, um, my co-founder Brandon and I went down together, um, and, 
he was playing golf with a group and I was kind of, you know, I was on the golf course walking around and wasn't quite sure what to do with myself. And I, I ran into to Joel Murray and I didn't even quite know who he was at first. And um, I was like, oh, you know, you're one of Bill's brothers. That's so great. Um, and I was like, should I, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, should I be pitching him right now? Should I, should I talk to him about this idea? Um, I really kind of wasn't sure at first cause I didn't have Brandon there with me and I didn't have, um, the rest of the team. And so anyways, I went ahead and did it. I said, you know what, Joel, I would love to figure out how to get you some better golf polos. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he laughed and said, listen, my brothers and I have always wanted to, to make golf apparel. We just don't know how. And so it was a perfect opportunity um, for me to kind of lead in. And I said, well, actually, I have a concept here that I'd love to share with you. And so then Joel and I rode around on a golf cart for the next three or four hours. And, um, you know, it's a long story after that, but we'll say the rest is history. Yeah. Well, that's that's incredible. And I, I, I feel like lesson number one for listeners at home is, hey, networking works because uh, you never know who you're going to meet and who you're going to be able to impress. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I want to go back to you a little bit, though, Carrie. You know, <laughs> one of the things that you noted that I, I find so interesting and fascinating about entrepreneurs is the fact that you, you mentioned that you were a job hopper. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, my friend, I was too, you know, and I, and I find that often the best entrepreneurs, like you don't necessarily have to change jobs every couple of years like I did, or maybe yeah. you did, Carrie. But the fact right. is you have to learn all kinds of different skills so that you can be adaptable within the startup environment. I mean, the fact is none of us have enough money. None of us have yeah. enough time or people or, and, and we often have to do things that we're deeply uncomfortable with. Right. Yeah. Like what, what were some of the things that you had to do in starting a business that maybe w didn't fall naturally within your wheelhouse? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's so many. Right. But I I think kind of going back to jumping around in my career and whatnot, you know, I always had that mindset of, well, why not? You know, let me let me figure it out. And just having that curiosity is well, always what led me to that next thing was being open um, to things that I, that were not in my wheelhouse and that I didn't have a ton of experience in. Um, you know, I think every day to this day, there are things I'm learning and I'm challenged with, uh, you know, I, I thought going into this, you know, I had, um, that I knew everything in some ways, right. You know, I yeah. have a business background, I got my MBA, I've done all the thing, you know, strategy finance, you know, a lot of different things. But what I came to realize is, gosh, that only, that only scratched the surface. I mean, there's so much yeah. more. Um, you know, I always tell people too, the legal side of it, I think it's underappreciated. Uh, there's so, there's so much every day I am reading contracts. I feel like, you know, almost on a daily basis. Um, and that's and, like a whole legal education in and of itself. Like you have, yeah. to, you have to learn the verbiage and you have to learn, sometimes you have to learn not just what to say, but what not to say. And like, there, yeah. Uh, so that, that's impressive. Yeah. So many things. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so let me ask you this. You, you, you come to the table with all of these skills mm -hmm. and I'm going to ask you to talk about, so what are some of the, the 
challenges that you dealt with? Like we already know that you got your no from, from Mm -hmm. Bill Murray when you reached out to his team and that, that had to have been a challenge or an obstacle. One of the things that I love most about entrepreneurs is our inherent ability to take a challenge or take a barrier and either blast right through it or figure out how to go under it. (laughs) (laughs) So so talk to us a little bit about that. Cause I feel like, you know, and maybe even especially as a woman within a historically pretty male dominated space, like (laughs) I'm sure as an entrepreneur, you've probably dealt with some challenges. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so many challenges. You know, I always say, you know, it there are so many advantages to the way we started and how we built this business. And and having, you know, a, an icon like Bill Murray as the face of the brand um, is incredible and it's a gift. And I think a lot of people might think that makes my job so much easier, right? But I always say we have the same headwinds as every startup. And I would say that, you know, running an apparel business, cash is always the biggest challenge over the years, especially in the first few years. Um, You know, we were growing fast and the biggest challenge was, well, how do we afford to buy inventory and where are we going to raise this money from, you know, and is this is this going to put us out of business? And so those early days of trying to figure out how to keep the company afloat financially um, were really tough. And I think that's what you hear from so many founders is, you know, that those are, those are stressful times. Um, And so we made it through that, you know, we've, We've raised um, a couple of different times. You know, we we have all uh, angel family friends on our cap table, but we've raised from over seventy people. So um, we've got a lot of support behind us, uh, and it's really helped position us for for the growth and and how we've built the brand today. That is incredible. Well, we're, we're going to dig a little bit more into that funding piece, I feel like, later. I made a note, but I, I do kind of want to backtrack us just a little bit. And yeah. and we've we've talked around this, but I want to get a little bit more specific and tactical. Talk to us about the product line itself. You know, how is it different? What does yeah. it look like? What does it feel like? Yeah. So what really inspired me from the beginning is, you know, we talked about the Sea of Blue Stripe polos, right? So yeah. what I wanted was to tell Bill Murray and his family's stories through prints. And so the concept was, let's break away from the norm. Let's do something different. Let's have fun with it. But let's not be a print just to be a print. Let's have it have purpose and meaning. And so all of our designs have some sort of story that ties back to Bill and his family. Um, And whether some of those are family stories um, you know, we have this, uh, this plaid, we call, it's the Murray family tartan that's incorporated into everything we do. And a lot, you know, that is kind of tying back their ancestry and their heritage into the line. Yeah. Um, so that's really key, but you know, everything goes back to a story and some of them are, are the stories of his movies. And I think people get really excited about those prints, um, you know, because, there, he's been making movies for over 40 years. And so we've got a lot of stories to draw from and that makes it really fun. And, um, and it makes, it makes my job really exciting, uh, because I think this truly is what differentiates us in the space. 
That is so fun. I, I cannot wait to to jump into that with you. But real quick, friends, I need to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io. Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit Fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the Fullscale platform to define your t- technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. All right, friends, we are talking to Carrie Michaels of William Murray Golf. And I'm I'm so like I'm so intrigued by this brand story. Carrie's been telling us about their affiliation with Bill Murray. Uh, what I really, really want to know, you're talking about the the product line and how you're featuring, you know, this Murray Tartan. How do your customers feel about your apparel? I'm sure that you get a lot of feedback, but you are introducing fashion that has previously <laughs> not been seen around the golf course. And so I imagine that it is creating a unique experience for your for your audience and for your your customers. So talk to us a little bit about that. What are what are some of the things that you hear about this this very different daring product line that you've come out with? Yeah, you know, I think we are so fortunate because we have an amazing community of customers and they reach out to us all the time and we call a lot of their notes love letters. Uh, And that's because, you know, they truly are excited about what we are creating and how it is different. And we get stories, you know, from, from guys who are like, listen, I never thought I would wear pink but I love this print and I'm wearing it. And my, and my wife is so excited. She has no idea how you got me to wear this color. (laughs) We hear stories like that. You know, we get a lot of stories um, from customers who say they get more compliments in William Murray golf than they do in any other brand and that people will stop them in the middle of the street. And honestly, I, we hear that, you know, day after day. And it's so cool because it's part of what I didn't really understand was going to happen with the brand, right? I mean, what ended up kind of evolving was that these prints were conversation starters and people would interact with each other and be like, oh, wow, that's a really cool print. Hey, is that is that Carl Spackler from Caddyshack in that? Is that what that is? And, and yeah. so people get really into it and it sparks conversation. And I think that is so exciting, and I think it brings so much joy to to us and the team, um, and and our customers. Our customers love it, and you know they they want to see um, more of those stories told. So we do get a lot of advice as to what movies we should look at next. Oh, that that is so fun, and I I think it's really important. Like as you're talking, I'm I'm kind of thinking through the implications of this because golf is a very uh, golf has a very storied history amongst sports fans, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe even particularly here in the U S although I think, wasn't it like invented in Scotland? I, yeah. I, I don't remember, but at any rate, you know, you, you have this, you're, what you're really doing there, there's a very foundational key piece to what you're doing. You're, you're changing the narrative of golf. And so I would say, like, imagine that you are someone who has historically maybe not felt comfortable engaging in golf. Like, I don't go to the golf course. I don't know how to play golf. I Nobody ever taught me, and I never made it a priority to learn. But there have been times in my adult life where I've regretted that decision. Like, why didn't I take the time to learn? I know that business deals happen on the golf course. It seems like a fun activity. But I feel like maybe seeing 
you know, people that are wearing products that are a little bit more irreverent and a little bit more accessible and a little bit more fun might make it easier for someone like me to, to look out at the golf course and be like, oh, maybe I do belong there. Maybe that is a space for me. You know, so so you're making, you're, you're doing much more than, than upping the, the fashion of golfers. You're, you're changing the narrative of golf. Yeah. Right. I mean, do you feel that way? I I feel that way. Do you feel that way? (laughs) You know, it's funny because, you know, we always said, listen, um, we still want to respect the game. You know, it does have a long heritage and we, we absolutely want to respect that, but we want to shake it up a little bit too. (laughs) We want to have fun with it and we want it to be approachable. And I think that is something that has been missing from the sport for, for many years. And I think, um, you know, how you dress really does impact how you show up. And, um, and that is, that's important to us. I I will say too, you know, we just launched women's in April of 2022. And so that was really, uh, you know, an important project for me personally, because, you know, I did see how, we were making the game more approachable for men. And I was like, I want this for women too. You know, we need to feel confident going out there. And, and if you're, and if you feel good, if you, you know, feel good in what you're wearing, you're going to, I think you're going to show up. You're going to play better. You're going to play better. I don't know. You might squeeze a couple strokes off your, your, what is your your average? I don't even know. Like I said, I don't play golf. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good. Um, but that's, you know, and I think that was what was exciting to me is I was like, we belong out there too. And we were getting so many customers saying, Hey, but you know, so many females saying, listen, I got this for my husband, but I'm a fan too. I like Bill Murray. You know, I want to wear this stuff. Um, you know, help, help me get some, some great gear together. So that was kind of the idea. Um, but I think you're hitting the nail on the head and, and wanting, we have wanted to make this game more approachable for all. Yeah. Well, I, of course, love that. Um, I I don't think our listeners are going to be surprised to know that I I definitely like it when I see more people being welcomed inclusively into a into a process or into an industry or, you know, to a sport. Uh, So so very, very cool. Now, one of the thing I mean, clearly your branding game is on point. Um, you know, and that, that has to be a very, very important piece of what you're doing. Um, and I, and I love the fact that you are, are daring to be, to be different, uh, within a space where like not a lot of people dare to be different. So, so talk to us about that. How did you kind of cultivate the brand? What is your, what is, what does your brand look like? What's its tone and voice? Talk to us about that process and kind of where you landed. Yeah. Well, when you say daring to be different, that kind of was, a a lot of what drove us from the beginning, even in how we wanted to come to market. So, you know, most traditional golf brands start with a heavy wholesale model. And so they're going into pro shops and selling their product in that way. And so my background was in e-com and in digital. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't know that we want to start a rep force right away. I think we can go direct to consumer. Um, and that was completely different from what the industry was used to. Just unheard of? Unheard of. I mean, even to this day, it's unheard of. And people are like, gosh, why aren't you in this club? And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, we are in some, we're in 250 doors, but 
we have one person managing that for us in house and she is a rock star. Um, but you know, that, that wasn't what was going to allow us to scale quickly in the early days. Um, and so we flipped that, that story on its head and it's really, it's done well for us. Um, and now we're starting to balance it a little bit more, but it is something that differentiates us in the market. Very cool. And how are people responding to the the differentness of, of the apparel? You, you've already talked to us about how people who might have come to golf through yeah. William Murray Golf, you know, but how, how is the old guard, I'm going to call it, uh, yeah. how's the old guard handling the shakeup? Well, you know, it's fascinating to me because when we started, I was like, gosh, I really want to change the way people dress on the golf course. Um, that was kind of the big vision. And, um, I never would have guessed that we would be setting the trends. I always said, I don't want to look at what other people are doing because I don't really care what other brands are doing. Um, you know, I want us to set the trends Yeah. now when I go out and market, I'm like, Oh gosh, there's a lot, there are a lot of um, competitors out there imitating some of our prints. And, uh, I find that very flattering and I, it's crazy to me to see some of the, the blue stripe polo brands, I'm not going to name any names, um, that are out there doing prints and they're doing fun prints. They have drinking themes. They've got all, you know, they're, but they are mimicking much of what we've been doing. And I think that's pretty cool. Uh, you know, I really do think we were, you know, on the cutting edge on that, the beginning forefront of changing the way people dress for golf. Um, and, and I'm proud of that, but you know, it is, there are a lot more players out there now doing similar things, but I think what continues to differentiate us is the storytelling piece and having our prints that are not just a print to be a print. Um, but there's something that's rooted in purpose. Well, not only, not only do they mean something, but they mean something that already connects wide swaths of the population, which is, you know. A love of Bill Murray. Uh, so so, so right. gotta love that. You know, I, I have to kind of notate here something really interesting that you just did. And I, I have to admit, I have never heard another founder do this or say anything approaching this. Uh, mm-hmm. IP is intellectual property is always a huge concern when it mm-hmm. comes to uh, in particular retail. And and you just said that you view it as a compliment when people rip <laughs> off your designs and when they imitate. And, and I do believe to an extent that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And so I can see where you might come to that. But yeah. your attitude about, about the whole thing is really, really incredible. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I kind of love that, you know, uh, don't be fooled. We are trying, we are, you know, protecting many of our designs, sure. um, you know, but as, you as know, well, that- you should, you know, you definitely, well, in particular, if you have like that, I, I happen, I, I know a little bit about IP and I mean, I know that tartans in particular, those are highly proprietary things. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're very, very important to the families that, that own them or, and have held them in some cases for generations. And so right. I can see why you would want to protect your IP, but just you, the way that you framed that was really quite <laughs> beautiful. So thank you for that. That was a little treat for my day. Okay. Uh, well, so talk to us about, talk to us about the future. You know, you are 
an up and coming brand. Um, you've you've achieved some market saturation. You you're in you know clubs. You're doing things within the retail space. What are you seeing? You know, a few years down the line. Mm, that's a really great question. You know, I think one of the shifts we've started to see, even just this year, is that. Um, there's been a little bit of a, a shift into stores and wholesale. And so that business has done really well for us this year. And so we're starting to lean into that more. Um, we're actually, I don't, I don't know if I am allowed to say this, but we're going to be doing a test with Dick's Sporting Goods next year. Oh, wow. And so really excited about that. And so I do think, you know, for us, as we grow and scale, now we're at a point where we can afford to get into wholesale and we can, you know, spend more time and resources on building out that rep force. And so I think that will be something we look to do. Um, and I think that's in, in coordination with, you know, even having an in-store experience. You know, when we think about some of the challenges with e-com that you can't touch and feel. And, we, and we're trying to tell all these amazing stories online and sometimes... Um, that can feel limiting. And so for us, I can't wait to get out there and to have an experiential store um, somewhere where, where people can really get to understand who we are um, and the and what the stories are behind the prints. Yeah. Um, so I think that is something we will continue to lean into as we grow. Yeah, well, and I mean, clearly, like that, the importance of that storytelling aspect really, really comes through as you're you're sharing your journey. So, so what are some ways that you have have tried to get that story out? Because the fact is, like, if you were to walk into a country club gift shop and find a William Murray golf shirt, like, there probably aren't that many opportunities to share the full story. Like, you're just kind of presented visually with this product. Um, you know, so talk to yeah. us about some methods of, of storytelling that you use to get that that very important piece of your brand out. Yeah, you know, I, I think there's there's a couple of ways, but this is also one of our opportunities, you know, as as we grow the brand. Um, you know, I think we tell all of our stories online on product pages. So, you know, you'll that is kind of our, our first and foremost, and especially because we are D to C first. Um our social community is also really strong and we've got an incre incredible following. And so that for us has been a great mode for us to tell those stories and to really get in more detail and, and kind of show some of the, um, the fun aspects of the brand. Uh, so I would say those are, those are kind of the two main ways, you know, we've done um, we've gotten some great stories and press out there um, when it comes to, uh, you know, individual products and some of the brand story. Um, but we still, you know, we still have a lot to do. Yeah, well, well, I, I imagine that the future is very, very bright. Um, <laughs> so, so talk to us about this. I, I one of the things that I, I do love to do on the show is offer our listeners real tactical <laughs> advice. Like, you know, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs and startup founders themselves, and they listen to Startup Hustle because founders like you share their stories so authentically that they can they can learn from them. And yeah. so so what 
if you if you could come up with like maybe one or two takeaways for our listeners mm-hmm. at home, uh, maybe not a golf brand specifically, but like when yeah. we're talking about branding and we're talking about differentiating yourself in the marketplace, which clearly you have done mm-hmm. so well. What are some of the best practices that you could recommend that our, our listeners at home could start doing tomorrow? You know, I think there's something to, you know, setting that mission and the vision from the get-go is, you know, you talk about it and you hear it in business school all the time, but it really is so key because it sets the roadmap for how you're going to grow and scale that brand and what you want to become. I think that is super critical to think about in the very early days along with um, your company values. Um, And I think I didn't understand the importance of that early on until we were like, you know, 18 months in and, you know, you're hiring and trying to do things and you you don't quite understand why things might not be fitting. Um, Or at least I didn't until we kind of got back to the well, what are, what are our values as a business and who, how do we want to show up? I think that is really important to set from the beginning. Um, and to, to, to lay that out. And if you have co-founders to make sure that it's a collaborative process, um, and that everyone's on board with where you're going and how you're going to get there. Yeah. Well, and just real quick, what are some ways that you have engaged with your team to make sure that you're bringing, so I actually use the phrase, bring them along with you all the time. Uh, I love that phrase. And I, I, I love thinking about ways that I can get the innovator team activated and engaged mm-hmm. and bought in. Because when you have that with your team, that's yeah. where you see really successful teams. Like you as the founder, yeah. you're always going to care the most. Yeah. But if you can surround yourself with a team of really smart people who are also passionate about what you're doing, well, then you've got, you've got a pretty beautiful situation set up. So, so what are some ways that you have engaged your team around your mission and your core values? Yeah, I think there are a couple things and some of it is, um, you know, every year we go through our company goals for the year and we've been doing this for, for many years now. And so, you know, it is, a very collaborative, engaging process for us where we talk about what are we trying to accomplish and how are we going to get there? And then what does that mean for all the teams and the individuals involved? I think it's really important to make sure that your employees feel empowered to make decisions. And I think as an entrepreneur and a founder, that can be challenging at times, right? Because at least for me, you know, in the very beginning, it's like, well, gosh, I, I want to make that decision and this is how I want to do it. Um, but as you grow and you look at, you know, how you're going to build the most successful team, you really do need to empower people. And that means letting go as a leader and letting them take charge, letting them lead a brainstorm, letting them lead the meeting um, and letting them make some difficult decisions. Um and so, is, you know, that is some of my advice and things that, you know, I'm continuing to, to learn that on this journey yeah. um, and continuing to try to lean into that. Um, but I do think it is critical to have a high performing team. For sure. Well, and I, in one of the pieces that I, I love about what you just said is like that get out of the way piece. Like sometimes mm-hmm. the best thing you can do for your team is to let them do what they do best. And, and sometimes 
it it's best to give them the opportunity and the, the safe space to fail honestly yeah. i mean yeah. when you're not there like holding up the ship you have to know that if you walk out tomorrow and get hit by a bus that there's going to be a team of people dedicated and ready to carry on the mission and the vision and it sounds like you're you're setting up your team for great success there uh congratulations that's a, that's a really hard thing to do and I, I i think it's really important that you acknowledge that it's a process and it's one that will never be complete really like you can always exactly. keep growing and reaching for it but uh, that, that is really, really cool, Carrie. Well, so I, we have come up to the human question and in true Lauren fashion, listeners, I don't really have one in my head right now. I'm just talking until I make one up and I got it. Okay, here goes. Uh, so, so my question is, what is your, uh, what's, the, what's the phrase? What is your walk-up song? Like, you know, you're, you're, I'm going to ask you kind of a sports related question, but like you walk up to the plate, you know, playing baseball and you got the walk-up song or you walk up to a speaking engagement and they're going to play a song and it's going to, it's going to indicate who you are and what you want to share with the world. What is that song? Oh my gosh, Lauren, this is so did I just hard. Break, did I just break your brain? I didn't mean to. You broke my brain. I will tell you this. I love music and yeah. I have no idea the names of any songs. I don't know artists. My kids always make fun of me for that. They're like, mom, you know, that's just I mean, we would and be like, totally oh. okay with it if you sang a few bars, <laughs> right? We would be fine with that. You really don't want me to sing either. See, <laughs> and I would tell you, you know, my co-founder, Breen, and I, we have a song for the company that we play before all of our big launches. And I, I have no idea what it's called. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I want to know what that is. Uh, so yeah, you're going to have to reach out, back out to me. You're going to have to find out what it is and we're going to have to figure this out. Maybe I'll even get them to put it in the show notes. I'll see if okay. we can do that. Uh, but, all right. I'll ask another question. Uh, okay. okay. What is my, I, I'm just kind of like looking around my office, like for some kind of visual something. Uh, well, okay. Let's talk about, well, we'll talk about clothing because Hey, that's kind of what we've been talking about. So I'm just going to ask you, what's your, what's your, what's your favorite article of clothing that you own and why? Um, so I will say, you know, this is not okay. If it's a William product, I know I'm like, this is not (laughs) like a plug, but, um, we just made a new pair of pants. And so typically I wear yoga pants a lot. I think like so many women. Yeah. Um, I love pandemic fashion. Can I just like throw that out there? It's like my favorite thing. Right. (laughs) Well, we just came out with a pant. It's called the pitchin pant. And I wear, you know, I wear it on the golf course, but I also wear them with heels and I dress them up and they fit so amazing. And the fabric is awesome. So they're so stretchy. They're so soft and comfortable. And, um, I also, they, they have a waistband, like a normal pant waistband, but they fit like a yoga pant. Um, so that has been my favorite, uh, pair of, um, apparel recently. Okay. Well, I, you know what, I think that that is a lovely answer and it's totally okay to shamelessly plug yourself and love your product. So, so never, never feel bad about that. Like that is totally okay. Uh, but I, I got to tell you, Carrie, thank you so much for taking the time to to share your story, to chat with us. I, I'm going to have to check out the website because I want to figure out what, what this Murray Tartan looks yeah. like. And I want to see if maybe I can pick up some some new uh, 
new fashions. Uh Um, But but thank you so much for sharing William Murray Golf with us. (laughs) Lauren, this has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. I I really appreciate the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you listeners for for coming back and, and listening to us week after week, month after month. We are very, very grateful to you. We're also very grateful to Full Scale, our episode sponsor. If you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, Full Scale can help. They have the platform and the people to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit fullscale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and then let the platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced software engineers, testers, and leaders. At Fullscale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit fullscale.io. And friends, I got to tell you, uh, you know, I don't know if y'all know this, but we actually have a TV channel. We've got Starter Puzzle TV out there. Uh, we're on a little bit of a hiatus on new episodes, but we've got some really funny ones. So check out our YouTube channel, Startup Hustle. Uh, find Startup Hustle TV. Uh, check us out. Some of your, your favorite hosts, the Mats are going to be there. Andrew's in there. I'm in there. We pull some really amazing founders from the Kansas City community to share our stories. And in some cases, they're kind of embarrassing and stupid. And so I'm going to point you to them and I'm going to tell you to laugh, 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 laugh. Uh, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.